You're listening to the Awesome Podcast Network. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to an action-packed episode of 80s Visit as we discuss the 1988 classic, Action Jackson, starring <laughs> Carl Weathers. And this one released February 12th in 1988, just a day before the 1988 Winter Olympics took place in Calgary, uh, Calgary, Calgary, Alberta, mm-hmm. Canada. So, you know, to help kind of date the film. And we also talk about what we think will win and what we would like to win this year's Oscar race. little brief review of Lego Batman. And we go in depth and deep to Final Fantasy XV. Spoilers, possibly. Yeah, major spoilers. So if you have beat Final Fantasy XV, turn off for the end. But in the meantime, enjoy the show. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. Action Jackson. Yeah, some say he didn't even have a mother. That some researchers at NASA created him to be the first man to walk on the moon without a spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Others say his mother was molested by Bigfoot, and uh, Jackson is their mutant offspring. They bring in Jackson when they want to re-educate some young ne'er-do-well, such as yourself. Albert. Yeah, I remember one kid got re-educated so bad, his mm. testicles climbed back up into his belly, mm. wouldn't come out. And they that's not the first time that we'll talk about testicles in this movie. <laughs> As we talk about Action Jackson on the latest, greatest episode of Age of it. I, of course, am one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me, as always, the Jackson to my action, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're going to be my barred uh, hotel owner, yeah. confident former boxer. That's right. Protege, men- mentor, <laughs> part of the hero's journey as we journey through Action Jackson. Let's get into it. Released February 12th, 1988. IMDb says it's a 5.2. Rotten Tomatoes, however, uh, 10% critics, 32% audience. So it's a went over a little bit better with um, every man. Jeez. Estimated budget of $7 million, opened at 5.4. Domestically went on to gross 20.2. Couldn't find out anything about Worldwide or Reynolds, but domestically it made its money back almost two times over. So, uh, still funny. We never saw a sequel since mm. it actually made money. But uh, it, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. Anyway, directed by Craig R. Baxley. He did a few of the A-Team episodes. He did Sniper 2. And he was also the stunt coordinator on Predator. And he got his, you know, directing chops here. Uh, which is funny because, you know, this is how... You know, sometimes you can take a stunt coordinator and have him direct a movie, mm-hmm. and it ends up being John Wick and revolutionizes sure. action movies. <laughs> and then sometimes you get a guy that worked on Predator, and you know, in post a post Die Hard environment, and they make Action Jackson, uh. which is basically those same movies with, with just you know the tropes are here in droves. Oh, uh, written by Robert Rene, he also did Demolition Man, and pretty much that's about it. Yep. Uh, best thing I can say about him is it's great that he improved. Yeah. He improved. He was a lot. on his way, but yeah. then he just stopped. He's, yeah, he, he. I guess he's like, okay, that's it. Drops his pin. IMDb, he's not dead. <laughs> he just dropped his pin. That's all I can do. That's all I can do. I'll never do better than this. I'm making Taco Bell money now. <laughs> <laughs> and starring the great New Orleans native Carl Weathers as Jericho Action Jackson. Of course, Predator, Rocky, Happy Gilmore, uh, and Arrested Development, as Jesse educated me on earlier before yeah. we started recording. And the villainous Craig T. Nelson as Peter Delaplane as a, a villainous turn again, just like in Turner and Hooch, mm. uh, but unlike Coach. Uh, and also, <laughs> Incredibles. Uh, I think of, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, he's a good villain. I like him as a villain. Uh, 
but it's funny. Uh, oh, and Poltergeist. I can't believe I forgot about that as the dad in Poltergeist. But uh, I think I told the story before. When we were in town in New Orleans for WrestleMania. You were with us. Yes, I yeah, was. He walked right by us. And I think you were oh, the, one, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. the one that pointed out, I think. Or Daniel I, did. I, I think, think was, Daniel pointed it like, out. Hey, that's, that's, that's Coach. We're like, <laughs> yeah. what? what? And he, he is a tall man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He was like, like instantly recognizable. He's sort of like, like I you know. forgot about that. He's sort of like a thin Jesse Ventura. At least when we <laughs> saw him. He's got like the receding hairline. It was long. Without that voice. Yeah. Without that Jesse Ventura voice. Well, when you do this there. See, I can't do yeah. Ventura. I wish I could do nah, Ventura. It's, it's it's Minnesota I, and wrestler. Yeah. If I, if I try to do, if I try to do uh, Jesse the body, it just comes out as a macho man. I always revert. Just, it might as well just do the macho man. Can't do. Macho man is life. <laughs> I mean, every, pretty much anybody can do macho man, but like. Oh, it, yeah. It's, so, it's, it's more relevant and more funny, more funner. Funnier to do Ventura. So I think at least. More of a challenge. Yeah. And there's so much more to talk about with this conspiracy theories and living in Mexico off the grid mm. and all that kind of fun stuff. But also starring the lovely at this time, Vanity, as Sydney Ash. Mm. Now she was also in The Last Dragon, and you might more notably remember her as one of Prince's protégés and the leader, the lead singer of Vanity Six. Mm. And uh, she died not too long ago. Actually, last year. As a matter, Victim actually, of 2016. Yep. Nobody reported that. I didn't even know that until I was looking up this movie. Well, but, there's uh, someone she was associated that also died. Yeah. <laughs> when she bigger. converted to Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, she had a terrible end of her life, or at least the second half of her life was, I mean, spiritually it was fantastic, but uh, she had, uh, had to go undergo dialysis like five times a day, and that is not good uh, from all the drug use she had in the 80s and everything. Pretty much wrecked her body, but found Jesus and also found a dialysis clinic. Oh, boy. Uh, but rest in peace. Uh, the lovely Sharon Stone as Patrice Delaplane, of course, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, The Specialist, with Stallone. Uh, she was in something else recently. What was she in? Like, uh, there was like surprise that she turned up in it. Um, let's find out. Now, this was must have been while she was Excuse pretty me. popular then. I mean, late eighties. Because she was barely in that in this movie. Yeah, I mean, this was. I mean, this was before Basic Instinct, which made her a household name, even if you know, good or bad. Wow. Uh, let's see. Actually, I don't know what I saw her in recently. I'm just looking at these names. Yeah, I don't recognize any Go of down this. a little bit more. I mean, now we're back in like 2010. You know how I am with dates. It could have been back then. Oh, okay. What's her last... <laughs> let's find her last bit. Basic Instinct 2? She was actually in it? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, maybe it was Catwoman I'm thinking of. Jesus Christ, Jeez, in 2004. 04. Wow. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. yeah but oh, well. I like Sharon Stone. I mean, she's done yeah, some she's, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, she's a, she's a, she's like good villain in the film, uh, much like Craig T. Nelson. But uh, also, st- speaking of all-time great villains, Tom Wilson's in this movie as o- Officer Cornblau, mm. uh, a heroic turn from the man otherwise known as Biff Tannen, mm-hmm. strangely enough. Uh, also, Bill Duke making a heroic turn in this uh, after Commando. Of course, he was a hero and pre- a good guy in Predator. Uh, but also, as Captain Arm, not Arm Buster, Arm Bruster. Uh, but of course, like I mentioned, Predator Commando, Sister Act 2 as well. Uh, Robert Davi as Tony Moretti, another total 80s action movie informant name. Uh, of course, Die Hard, Goonies, License to Kill, Expendables 3. Uh, a lot of Die Hard people in this one. Speaking of, Devereaux uh, uh, White was Clovis. He had like a two-second role when Jackson told him to park his car. Uh, he was also in Die Hard and also the Blues Brothers. He was uh, the guy in the limo in Die Hard. I forget his name now. Uh Basically, the chauffeur. Speaking of chauffeurs, the chauffeur in this film was Al Long 
from Die Hard, Big Trouble in Little China, Lethal Weapon. So he's been killed by... It was Argyle in Die Hard. Argyle, yeah. Argyle! Argyle! <laughs> uh, but uh, Al Long, killed by Bruce Willis, uh, Kurt Russell, uh, <laughs> Mel Gibson, and now Carl Weathers. So <laughs> he's got quite a repertoire. Of still amongst combined. us. Yeah, thank goodness. He looks a little Charlie Mansonist now, though. With yeah, <laughs> he's got old, white, old with the beard. Minus the swastika. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. Glad to see he's still kicking. Ha <laughs> ha! Get it? Uh, that's not yeah. racist, but that's he. He always does martial arts in his film. That's what I was referencing. Uh, just to be straight on that. And speaking <laughs> of '80s, Mary Ellen Trainer as the secretary. Uh, of course, *Lethal Weapon*, *Monster Squad*, and uh, numerous other '80s movies. Uh, she recently passed away too. Click on her real quick, Jesse. I think it was 2014. Yeah, it wasn't last year though. I was just making sure, but she did. 2015. Yeah. Okay. She did pass away. Unfortunately, only 62 years young. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, when I recognized she was in this, I'm like, oh, she's in this. And then she's promptly taken out. <laughs> yeah. Brutally, the first action sequence of the film, they just punch her through <laughs> a glass window and kill her. I know she didn't die. They mentioned later that she was knocked out, but then she died from uh, quote unquote smoke inhalation. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Uh, and. And I mean, th- th- this cast is stacked with '80s actors. Sonny Landham as Mr. Quick, again Billy from Predator, Poltergeist, uh, a bit part in the Warriors. So you look at this cast, and I, I wrote all this out before I watched this because the only thing I ever remembered from this film was the cover. Mm. Never saw this until we watched it for the podcast. Uh, always remembered it because you know, oh, it's Apollo Creed and Action Jackson. You know, yeah. it, it just sounds cool. It looks cool when you look at it. It looks like it's going to be amazing. Uh, it has its amazing parts, and it's amazing in its <laughs> own way. But, uh, Jesse, had you ever seen this before, before you watched it for this? I had not. Oh, good. We, we had a fresh set of modern eyes on it. And for, for uh, frequent listeners to 80s Revisit, I usually don't watch these movies. I'm so glad you did, though. Because <laughs> I am the producer. This. That's, that's yeah. Typically. But, no, yeah, it, for this one, I did watch it. But I watched it just a few days ago, and it was a Sunday Saturday, Sunday afternoon, actually, not Saturday. And uh, wife went out with her mom to eat, and I was like, I'm going to eat me some Doritos and watch Action Jackson. It was a <laughs> great day. Uh, but, yeah, I was just – this movie – let's get this out of the way. It's not good. It's <laughs> not it, – you know, it's not a Commando or a Predator or a Die Hard or a Goonies or any of the movies that a lot of these other people played in. It doesn't live on like that. Definitely not. Although, males under 18 – I gave it a 10. The one, <laughs> the, the male, one male on the metrics. This is hilarious. It. So by comparison, the one member of the IMDb staff gave it a three. Right. That'll come later. But uh, <laughs> but that being said, this 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 movie was totally entertaining to me. I had fun watching it. Wow. Because it's just it's just so bad. It's right, good. Right, right. It's one of those. You uh, gotta you walk know. in there expecting that. Yeah, I and mean, I was expecting because again, I like I said, I'd wrote all this down before I watched it. You know, not the trivia, not like I said, I don't want any spoilers. Right. Uh, but like, God, this cast. I mean, I didn't even realize this movie was stacked with so many you know good actors because everybody that I mentioned has done something good aside from Vanity. I mean, I'm not a. I mean, Last Dragon's better than this. Uh, wait, let's see. This was oh, she did get nominated for the Razzie this year or that year for Action Jackson. <laughs> Worst say, actress, Vanity. Can't say she didn't deserve it. She was that's, nominated, didn't win. Unfortunately. That's the only nomination this movie received at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so sad. But uh, <laughs> but need to say, like I said, I totally enjoyed this film. Uh, it's worth it. It's it was hilarious. Uh, you know, people give Arnold a hard time for his catchphrase like "You are fired." You know, chill. You know, all yeah. those all those bad one-liners he has in Batman and Robin, at least they made sense. 
Mm. At least they were relevant to what he did. The one-liners in this film have no purpose. Right. In fact, there is a one-liner in this film that is only said to function for the transition to the next scene where they're grilling ribs on a barbecue. That's the <laughs> yeah. only reason he says that. It's for the transition to happen. And that's the only reason they were grilling ribs exactly. on the barbecue. <laughs> like, things were very out of place. That's and that's the director's fault. <laughs> yeah, I'll say this we're going to cut to them grilling the ribs. It's going to be great, you know, like, yeah. Oh man, god, but like that's the quality you get from this film. But in my opinion at least, if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching once, you know, when you're having some drinks. If you're looking for just some, something mindless, if you want a dose of the 80s, mm-hmm. this is perfect. for. And it's the late 80s, too. There's so much better stuff in 1988. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they got progressively better in, like, in a lot of terms. Yeah, we Let's had... see. This was the year of uh, Die Hard, same year as Die Hard. Mm-hmm. They Live, Willow. I mean, action in that as well. Uh, go down. Let's see. Oh, as far as action there. movies? Yeah, we're just kind of seeing what other, you know... But regardless, you come out the same year as Die Hard. Right, I mean, right. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. <laughs> oh, more to come on that later. Uh, Land Before Time. I mean, come on. The action of that. Last Temptation of Christ. Jeez. Yeah, Rambo 3. I mean, see, Rambo was already on its third one by then. No, that was a not a great Rambo. It, I mean, it's definitely the worst one <laughs> by far. Above the Law, Seagal's Rises, uh, Rise to Power begins, or if you want to call it that. Uh, but his rise period, you know, that's kind of when he's catching on to the late 80s and to the early 90s uh, before he completely went downhill. <laughs> Plenty of others. Yeah. But needless to say, in terms of action movies in the 80s, this is not going to make any top 10 lists. Mm. Uh, but again, needless to say, despite that, uh, I, like I said, I had, I had a smile on my face a lot of times just because it's so... It, if, it's like if you took somebody from today that doesn't know how to make a movie, mm. or like you take somebody who think they, thinks they can make a movie and tell them to make an 80s movie, this is what they would come up with, something similar uh, to this. Let's it's do just, what everyone else has been doing. Exactly, but nowhere near as good, nowhere near as smart. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some great action in it, but, for, but I will say this. I was severely disappointed by the lack of action in a movie called Action <laughs> Jackson. Uh, uh. But it is totally worth it to see Carl Weathers uh, run faster than a car. Flip over said car, uh, and then just roast burn several people alive. <laughs> so I mean, but what did you think of it, Jesse? You know, I've hogged the mic and my thoughts about it, but oh no, feel free because uh, I agree with most of what you're saying. Um, well, there you go. I think you actually liked it more than me, though. <laughs> I enjoy, like I said, it, I mean, my track record proves that though. Street yeah. Fighter is still one of my favorite movies. Even well, once again, uh, yeah, that's a nostalgic. Yeah, but uh, there was no nostalgia here, but. This, I mean, you know, if I was going to pick like the the worst, best action movies, this would be on there. Because mm. it is like, like I said, I mean, I'm not going to watch this again. Right, right. You know, uh, and it's it's no Deadly Prey, in terms of like, you know, so so bad. It's amazing. This is bad. It's good. You know, it's okay. Uh, but I mean, this doesn't hold a candle to any of the other. Uh, action movies of the decade. I mean, Carl Weathers himself has done way better than this. I mean, Rocky notwithstanding. I mean, Predator alone. Uh, you know, and and I, and I did like him in this. I mean, I don't. There's not really for what this movie is. I don't think any of the performances, aside from you know Vanity, were bad. I think they fit what they were doing. I think no. no I mean, obviously nobody's going for an Oscar here. They're just doing an action movie. 
uh, like I said, uh, Craig T. Nelson's super villainous and surprisingly knows karate <laughs> enough to beat and cripple his own master. They had to establish that, too. You know, and then, like, we were just kind of looking at clips, like the scene with Robert Davi, uh, where he's at his apartment. It's like, that's like a serious, like, scene, like an action yeah. movie. Like, you know, that's like, that movie, like, like, wow, this movie's getting dark really quick. You know, after all this, like, over-the-top ridiculous action of punching women through glass and, you know, shooting a dude with a grenade launcher, he falls out of a building into a restaurant with the most overdone reaction ever before he even hits the ground. <laughs> and like you said, Jesse, you had a great point. Just, just listen to the sound effects in this film. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, everything I mean, is... it stands out right at the beginning whenever all this... <laughs> the infrared. I think you just blew my headphone speakers with the bass from that... <laughs> Yeah, punch. The punch. <laughs> these aren't superheroes. <laughs> like you saw the gunshots. These are... It's total movie gunshots. 80s movie gunshots. Like Robocop. Here we go. It's a laser gun. And, and it's like incendiary rounds, yeah, too. Yeah. <laughs> destroys the TV completely. Oh, by the way, the... Uh, little trivia quick trivia the film that the boxing match they're watching is from Rocky 2 <laughs> so he's literally watching Action Jackson on the screen wow I mean you can if you want to look at it this could be like you know the prequel to Rocky you know before he was a cop before he became a boxer under the name Apollo Creed oh know. maybe that's what he was in trouble for <laughs> oh yeah there you go oh no he faked his death in the ring because uh-uh. he always wanted to be a cop he got tired of being in the public light so he had to fake his death Became a cop, and it fits the timeline because Rocky Four came out before this. Mm. So you know, you know, Apollo Creed isn't dead. He simply became Jericho Jackson. <laughs> and I gotta say, like, like it's it, that's what the ch- this movie has charm because it's so wannabe eight. Like it is. I mean, it is eighties, but it's so like I want. Oh yeah, like you know, Die Hard and Commando and Predator hanging out at the bar, and Action Jackson walks up like, Hey, what's up? Hey guys, it's cool. I can you know, you know it's like <laughs> oh, he's here, you know. Uh, but again, I'm not, it's not. It is a bad movie, like I said. But it's, it's if you haven't seen it, and if you like '80s action movies, it's worth a watch. Yeah, yeah, it is. And like I said, you know, have you know, we we've done our group of friends has done it before with Deadly Prey, and we need to do it again with Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just got together and watched bad, watch a bad action movie. Just think, we just need to book it then. Yeah. That's all we need to do. We definitely need to because, I mean, that, and that's just, you know, it's a good guy movie. Have some beers, watch it, and just cheer and laugh at how bad and fantastic it is. And that's the bottom line because Action Jackson preached about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll know more about that when you watch the movie. <laughs> but anyway, uh, some trivia about it. Uh, Carl Weathers came up with the idea for the film on the set of Predator uh, as he was having uh, some talks with Joel Silver, who also produced Predator, about their shared love for the 70s black exploitation films. Mm. And the title was born after Weather spoke to an Australian crew member about the project. To indicate his interest in working in the film, the crew member said, I'm like, I'm in, like, Action Jackson. And that's where you're like, I like and that, that name. wasn't a character I'm stealing, at the time. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. He, so he stole the name. But it works. Like, you know, Jericho, Action Jackson. Like, should be a wrestler, to be perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it's like... And in this corner, Jericho Action Jackson. But there is a Chris Jericho. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. He could just be, you know, I'm surprised they didn't do that. You know, The Rock could have been Action Jackson. Speaking of The Rock, let's remake this. Yeah. With, with the, the Rock. Rock as Action Jackson. I'm down. Totally down. I mean, down. if they're going to remake stuff anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be fantastic. It'd be great. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Uh, and as I, meant, I kind of mentioned before when I was talking about, you know, a lot of Predator and Die Hard alumni, uh, Carl Weathers, Bill Duke, and Sonny Landham uh, were all in Predator. 
Uh, and of course, actually, the scene we're literally the scene we're looking at right now is exactly what I'm talking about. And there's a scene where there vanaders and uh, vanaders <laughs> <laughs> mix them up. Where Carl Weathers and Vanity are walking down the sidewalk, and there's multiple, we count what, like 10 Predator posters on the wall? Hour and six minutes in. Yeah. In 15 seconds, we'll the exact minute mark. It's right there on the wall. <laughs> there's 10, 10 of Predator them. posters. 10 of them. In one, case you didn't get it. Or nine and a half if you count the folded one. But. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and they all got killed by the Predator, too. So, you know, they're all Predator victims. Oh, this is the afterlife. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> you know, this is, this is hell. <laughs> or, or purgatory or heaven. For Maybe sure. it is heaven for them. Yeah. Yeah, this Cause, is heaven. Cause they of course, get to beat up everybody. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, with, uh, oh, there's an NFL ad I didn't even notice. Where, because uh, of course, <laughs> Weathers didn't get along with the group in Predator because he was the outsider. You, know, Dylan didn't like Billy or uh, Mac. So, and they're like, uh, well, Billy's a bad guy in it, but then Max is supervisor. Like, you know, it's hard as nails, Lieutenant Armbruster. So, we're watching the druggy scene right now. I think that is a. Uh, they're trying to say something here. He's wearing a uh, Detroit Lions NFL jacket. He's got the logo right on the arm. And then he stabs the drugs. Juicing. Uh, <laughs> Juicing. <laughs> <Juicin. laughs> Steroids. It's an anti-juicing ad, practically. <laughs> and speaking of this scene, like, uh, there is a fa- like, this is a great stunt in this film that is right along the scene uh, yeah. where he... He Weathers throws Billy from Predator out the window from one building, and he goes into... The window of another building, and yeah. it's a guy. It's this isn't too fast, too furious, or uh, fast fight, whatever it was, where they the car goes from one skyscraper to another in the most unbelievable. Well, no, there were plenty of things in that movie that was unbelievable. In one of the unbelievable things that happened in that movie, but this is an actual stunt man flying from one, like throwing himself out a window and landing in the window of another building. Fantastic practical stunt. Uh, and then the impressiveness of that stunt is then ruined shortly by the stunt after that when Weathers and the clearly. Uh, male version stuntman of vanity jump out of a building with his unshaved legs. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Dennis Hayden, Devereaux White, Robert Davi, and Melian Trainer, and Al Long, uh, and, of course, and the same producer, Joel Silver, also appeared on Die Hard as well. So again, this movie has like a fantastic group of action movie alumni behind it. It just never rises to the sum of its parts mm. uh, in terms of like, you know, Die Hard is watched every year in the Harris household, as is Predator, Commando. I mean, those are movies that will never get old watching, that you can watch them a whole bunch of times. This one, no, once is enough. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. Uh, let's see, in the beginning, Edo Ross turns on, yeah, I mentioned that. Uh, actually, yeah, I said it was Final Fantasy Rocky too. Yeah, so uh, making sure I had that correct. Oh, oh, here we go. The studio actually did have hopes to make this a franchise, but it never happened. Uh, there was a totally unrelated film called Dangerous Passion in 1990, which also starred Carl Weathers. It was re- actually retitled Action Jackson 2 in some countries, only to capitalize on the success of this one. Because, hmm. again, despite how you feel about this movie, financially, it was a success. It nearly tripled its budget. Uh, $7 million estimated, nearly $21 million domestically alone, plus rentals and everything. So, again, being I guess it was in that tail end of the 80s, so had this come out a few years earlier, there probably would have been a sequel just rushed out just to like they, everything like everything now every year there's a Fast and the Furious movie it seems yeah. <laughs> I mean Jesus Christ uh, Carl Weathers was 39 when they were shooting this movie and he joked that the rigorous shooting schedule for the action sequences ages bodies into his 60s jeez which uh I mean he does take some you can definitely see he does take a few bumps in the film but I mean he's I don't think he's the one jumping out of the window and everything <laughs> 
But anyway, I love Carl Weathers. She's fantastic in this. Uh, I wish they would have, like, I think with a good director and a better script, this could this would have been like a highly memorable 80s action film. But uh, I think a lot of the pieces were there, like I said before, just not the key pieces. And the key pieces being a, and it doesn't have to be a good script. It just has to be, a, I mean, the story is typical. It's the dialogue that's just so bad. It is very bad. Like the exchange between the characters is so bad. Yeah, the the, the total like we talked about before off the podcast, the uh, where Craig T. Nelson reveals his entire plan right at the end <laughs> is so badly written. It's the worst version of that. Yeah, ever done in a movie. If you want to know how not for the villain to reveal their plan, watch this <laughs> movie. That's exactly how you don't do it. Do it. But uh, score wise. Uh, as a movie itself, I'd give it a four. But for enjoyment factor, mm-hmm. I'd give it a seven. So like, an average of let's 5. say 5.5. 5.5, yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, it's, it's not good. It's not a well-made film. Right. You know, in the key elements. But is it enjoyable? Did I not miss that hour and 30, 40 minutes, whatever it was? Nope. You know, it's not like... <laughs> and believe me, I've seen a lot of movies where I regretted watching them. So... Uh, and we'll talk uh, about more of those when we talk about some of the Oscar picks coming up. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, score, would you give it, Jesse? I mean, you watched it. Well, uh, as I see, you're literally <laughs> about to give it a score on IMDb. What will Jesse Sedgley give this film? I wish I could do decimals, but I can't. Because even though they display them in decimals, you can only allow whole numbers. Because I was thinking of 4.9, but I'm actually going to round it down to a 4. That's acceptable. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, nah. all that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, if again, bottom line, if you haven't seen it and you like 80s action films, you should by all means watch it. You'll, I imagine you'll enjoy it. Uh, I think I like, and again, I love Carl Weathers in this film. He's fantastic. Because, uh, you know, you always see him, he's sort of like, it's weird because he's a mixture of Dylan from Predator and Apollo Creed mm-hmm. with a little bit of uh, Chubbs from Pappy Kilmore thrown in. <laughs> Because he his character's off the, like he starts off with the you know we open with the dialogue about how badass this dude is yeah and you believe it for like the first five minutes that he's on the screen and he but gradually then it, gets then weaker it, then you quickly realize he's really a nice guy yeah like there's no reason to be afraid of him unless like you're trying to kill you know the head of a, a union or something <laughs> you know so but nevertheless I always enjoy Carl Weathers uh, and he you know this is, it's a it's just a shame like we're kind of alluding to before that this didn't become something better for him. Because, hmm. uh, you know, I think he definitely could have taken this to a franchise level as a whole yeah, with, you know, better dialogue and an actually good director. But uh, alas, could not be, and he's done pretty well regardless, so yeah, we'll leave it at that. Right. Yeah, can't complain. Uh, Back to the Future this week. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday the 23rd which means the Oscars are this weekend. And mm. as of last night, I have seen all the nominees for Best Picture. So, Jesse, would you pull up a list because I'm going to forget them. Sure. And I'm going to go over my thoughts on those real quick for this Back to the Future section, as well as our picks, because you've seen a good number of them as well. So it's all about half. But uh, let's see. Best Picture. The nominees are Loading. <laughs> um, let's go one by one here, I guess. Okay. Arrival, fantastic. Not going to mm. win. I agree. I would, I would, but it's because of uh, other reasons than yeah. the movie itself. Yeah. Fences, that was the one I watched last night. Fantastic movie. This website sucks, so 
keep talking about fences for a second. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that was the last one of the nominees of all uh, the nine or ten, whatever it is this year that I saw. And after watching Fences, it, it, it is a crime if Denzel and uh, I don't forgot her name now. Shame on me. Um, isn't it? Uh, some with a V. What is it? Viola. Viola Davis. Davis. Yes, yeah. God. They if they do not win. First of all, Denzel should win Best Actor for this, bar none. Wow, really? Like he's not just Denzel because a think lot so. of movies he acts. I mean, he, just Denzel. Many for the seven. Yes. I thought yeah. in this one, I mean, like I t- like I believe this character and the wow. the drama in this film. Like, there's a turn in the mid, kind of the, near the end of this film, just like damn, and mm. it's like, and I, and uh, why is Viola Davis not nominated for Best Actress? Yeah, like because why is she supporting? Like that blows my mind. Same thing with Dev Patel. Why is he supporting actor when he was basically he is, is the main weird. character? That is weird with you Dev know? Patel because. Yeah, he is the main character. He, I mean, he's on the poster. He, he, Unless they he consider is the, the kid character. the main character. I don't, I don't know how they figure that out. I don't know if the, We're if talking that's about how the, Lion, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if, the stu- if that's how the studio pushes for them to be nominated, or I don't know how that works. Maybe not it's in the academy. More of a chance of them to win or something. I guess. I don't know. But though, if they if they do not win their respective categories, that's the biggest upset of the Oscars, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Because Viola Davis, oh my, like again, they're, the, the whole movie is phenomenal. Like with the acting. The movie's like two hours and ten minutes. It's it's long and it's a lot, a lot of talking. And it was it was a play. Like I didn't know that till after I watched it and I looked up some stuff about it. Starring James Earl Jones, who won a Tony for it, by the way. Mm. Uh, but Fences, it's 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 an exceptionally good movie. But the it's it's performance driven, and it it blew me up. Like I mean, Denzel does not stop talking for like forty minutes. <laughs> He's, they're walking home from work, come home, sit in the backyard, go inside, and they're, that's like the first 30 minutes when he hasn't shut up. I mean, it's, and he directed it too. Ah. And I mean, it's, it's no arrival in terms of like, you know, but it's, it is a well done movie, don't get me wrong. Great cinematography, you know, it, it's well, it tells that story and it tells it very realistically. Wow. Uh, but fantastic, all the cast in the film is great. Like, I really felt like I was watching people's lives. Hmm. Like, like, interact. I was like, I want to come, like, have a drink. I want to come. I don't even drink gin. I want to come, like, sip off the gin bottle and just listen to them talk. <laughs> you know, it's it's very, very, very good. Uh, I don't need to win Best Picture, though. I think we all know what's probably going to win Best Picture. <laughs> uh, let's see. Vince's oh, Hacksaw Ridge, great film. Not going to win Best Picture. Uh, Hell or High Water. That was my before. I, that was the first one of these films. Period. I saw was my favorite film of the year on our list. Yeah. Uh, it's still probably my favorite. I mean, it's, it and Arrival are so good, mm. but Hell and High Water is so performance-driven as well yeah. that I will watch that one. Arrival, once you kind of like process the ending and everything and you make sense to you, you know, it's not, I'm not going to rewatch it repeatedly. No, no, no. no. You know, but I, I, will, I will put on Hell and High Water just to listen to the dialogue and the characters. and everything. You, you saw that one, right, Jesse? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So far I've seen Arrival, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water. I just haven't seen Fences. You saw La La Land, right? Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen three of these movies. Okay. Fences. Fences, Manchester, and Moonlight. Okay. Uh, So Hell and High Water, fantastic, but again, not going to win. Hidden Figures. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but is it a Best Picture nominee? I don't think it belonged in there. No, it didn't. I mean, and that's no disgrace to the movie. It's well done, but when you got stuff like, as you'll see, with Fences or Hell and High Water, Lion, Manchester, and Moonlight, like, to me, it's not... Hidden Figures isn't even the same sport as those. Right. 
it's a relevant and good story. Sure. But it's not best picture. Yeah. And then on this list, as we're going on, we come to the 14 nomination juggernaut of La La Land, <laughs> which that my, this is my opinion, overrated as all get out to wow. me. Now, did you see it before the hyper? No. That, and I was talking to my friend yeah. at the theater today. So I wish I would have seen it before because I might have had a, more of a better opinion. See, I saw it before the hype. Mm-hmm. And uh, the only hype I had was someone that I follow on Twitter said, oh, La La Land was great. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I guess I'll see it. I like musicals. Yeah. Um, That's why I wanted to see it. And the, the trailer looked great. And then our, yeah. uh, our friend you Anthony. You probably saw it too late. I really, I think, I, 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 I completely agree. Because you hear a film has 14 nominations. Yeah. And you already want, you know, I was already interested to begin with. And just like, all right, here we go. La La Land. Yeah, I saw it before the Globes. Ugh. Even. Ugh. <laughs> now, let me, now, it's a great movie. Yeah. But it's 30 minutes too long the, to me. The music is great. I didn't the like music. the first song, but... Well, the first song is like the establishment song. Yeah. Every movie has it. Uh, Every, Red I mean, X had it. Yeah. But Red X was good. <laughs> yeah. Les Miserables was good. Rent was good. That's the pursuit uh, of Red X on YouTube. Yeah. But uh, basically, it came... And again, this is... I completely agree that it's probably because I saw it so late, but it came, uh, the first half of the film came off as pretentious to me. Oh, absolutely. Like, compl- like Yeah, the no, movie is pretentious. And then... But now, um, the from her... The point where she goes to that audition on... Mm-hmm. That is the movie I was waiting to see. Yeah, that was fun. That was fantastic, and the the dance number at Griffith Park and everything. Well done for a modern film. Like they did mm-hmm. great. Uh, their little scene of the piano. That's my favorite song. Like the little one they yeah, sing yeah. the piano, and then it's referenced again at the end. Uh, but again, I just think it was too long for what it was, to me at least. Mm. But as a whole, I, again, I'm, I, it might sound like I'm hating on it. It's still a great film, but I don't think it deserved 14 nominations. Mm. Personally, based, I haven't looked up the nominations yet that it got, but I think it got like everything, like, like it's in the top in the big ones, except like supporting actor and actress, yeah, best director. I mean, he could he didn't win last year for Whiplash. Uh, was, I, don't, was he, I don't think he was nominated, was he for no. director? Huh? It was nominated for best picture. Oh, right. I don't but know. If, I don't I can't remember. I don't remember the, that's that. still a uh, that's still an Oscar in his hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no joke. Uh, but yeah, I pers- my personal opinion on La La Land, it's, it's a great film. But oh, it's I mean, just nominated. When we talk about fourteen nominations, Probably. I don't think it deserved that many at all. I think it's a. Excuse me. In fact, it was funny. <laughs> After I, again, every time I watch a movie, I go on IMDb, look at the tree, see like some facts about it, all that kind of stuff, the inside story, whatever. Mm-hmm. One of the first reviews it gives it a ten. Or something like, and here, here's the here's the line that like almost turned me against the movie immediately. <laughs> he says, "I've seen two movies in a the theater that have changed my life." The first was Star Wars. The second was this phenomenal film called La La Land. Wow. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And then I read a one-star review where the, he basically said everything I said, which mm. I, wouldn't, I would never give this film one star. Mm. But he's like, don't let the hype fool you. Like, this is a competent film, but it's not a great film. I would disagree with that <laughs> on the second half of the film. Then it's just, it took too long to get there for me to where I enjoy a lot. Again, the music was the great. The music goes a long way for me. Like, I just watched a movie. I have a website that I visit on occasion. Um, just random movies will pop up on it. And I picked this movie that said musical in the title. It's called uh, Manifest Destiny. It was kickstarted for like $600,000, $600, which is a lot of money, but they look like they kept a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> because it's the story of Lewis and Clark uh-huh. and all the um, 
there's a lot of animals, a wilderness and stuff, and it's all shot green screen. And like all the animals are like puppetry. <laughs> so it looks cheap <laughs> as hell. But the music isn't too bad. It got me through the movie. Yeah, see, I mean, just like, you know, look at Cannibal the Musical. I mean, in terms of... It really reminded me of that. In terms of like just the look of it, it looks like cheap as hell, which it was. Yeah, yeah. But the music is so good, you don't care. Yeah. I mean, you know... Imagine it, if he had the means he has now. You yeah. Know, just would have been like... I mean, I agree completely about that. You know, like, uh, I've never even heard of... Le- I mean, I heard of Les Miserables. We go see the movie when it came out, and I was like... The music just blew me away, and being sung by non-professional people at that, yeah, for the most part, except for the chick that one of the chicks was uh, like a Broadway singer, the one that played the one that dressed up like a dude in the end. I forget. Can't the, recall I, right now. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't tell the characters' names. But I mean, you know, I was like, God, the music was so good. I it may, I enjoyed. Sat there for two and a half hours and yeah. enjoyed it completely. Same thing with Rent. Like God, I've always heard about this. Let me watch the movie. Music's phenomenal. Yeah, you know, and so like. I'll go see Phantom of the Opera to play. Like, love the music. Go see Cats. Hate it because it has one good song in it. <laughs> you know, like, it, and like you said, that that it, that definitely can make or break a musical. Like, uh, Autumn had never seen Singing in the Rain. We watched that a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I watched the hell of it, hell out of it as a kid because the music, it's a good movie. Yeah. And, I, and La La Land tried to be Singing in the Rain. There was a lot and of And it didn't succeed it. until the end. At the end, I was like, you nailed it there. Well, I think they intentionally went scene for scene with a lot of these things mm-hmm. like because someone made a youtube video where they put side by side all these movies that it was inspired by and uh there's i mean it was in, it's intentional to be nostalgic of mm-hmm. those movies and for that they did a good job of just lining up like we're gonna do it just like they did it in this movie yeah yeah and it like again it's not a bad movie at all it's just i don't <laughs> it shouldn't win any of the awards except Actress, which we'll get that in a second. But uh, the next Lion, phenomenal. Loved it. Fantastic film. It was great. Knew yeah. nothing about it except Nicole Kidman was in it. I didn't it. either. Yeah. And just simple story. I mean, not a simple story, but I mean, nothing, you know, there's not a meteor hurling toward Earth or, you know, a right. giant monster to fight. I mean, it's a based on a true story. It's and, a real story. Yeah. yeah and, it, and from what I've researched about it, because, you know, like I said before on the podcast, if there's a based on a true story, I'm going to go find out what to believe and what not to believe here and what's exaggerated. Same with Hacksaw Ridge. Very close. Yeah. And uh, they also show actual footage in Lion. Yeah. And that was like the, that was a heartbreak. And it was like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it was the good heartbreak, you know, <laughs> right, like, it was right. like, oh man, like that's, it yeah. was such just good, a good, feel good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manchester by the Sea is not that type of movie. It's, it's not, not a feel good. good movie. It's a feel bad. <sighs> I'm gonna go listen to Everybody Hurts and take some sleeping pills, kind of movie. A lot of scenes of the guy just sitting behind the wheel of his car while it's not running. Yeah, like I was talk- <laughs> again talking to my friend Larry about that day at the theater. Like, there's a scene in Manchester by the Sea where like Casey Affleck's sitting in his car again, and this, <laughs> this his I just nephew's <laughs> his nephew's at a girl's house, and the mom comes, out, "Hey, you want to come?" And he's like, "No, no." <laughs> and then like awkward silence for like three minutes literally and again that's why the movie's so long because they just sit and stare at like there's a lot of quiet lot of, moments you oh, know which man. can can be good in a film for something but this film like Manchester it's a good movie you should see it once you'll never watch it again mm. uh, you'll know the exact scene that got both Affleck and uh, what's her name uh, former Miss uh, Heath Ledger Support. Oh. You'll 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 know the exact two scenes that got each of them their nominations, uh, which I really hope he doesn't win because I don't think he, compared Michelle to Michelle Williams. Yeah, that's it. 
compared to uh, some of the other stuff, the other performances and other nominees in that category, like there's really no way he, I think he should win. Personally, again, in my opinion, eight point one on IMDb. Yeah, Ugh, no, With the highest average I, being eight. I mean, I give it an eight, I guess. I mean, because it's well, there's nothing wrong with it, but I mean, you'll you're never gonna watch it again. There's no reason to buy it, or you know, that you should rent it, and that's in the story, in the transaction. Yeah. You know, mm. and that's not a bad thing for a film. That's just the type of movie it is. I'll never watch Moonlight again. That doesn't mean, speaking of that's the last one, Moonlight, fantastic, knew nothing, zero about the movie going into it. Phenomenal movie. Again, you know, coming of age, relatively simple story, but it's the way it's shot, the performances in it give that feel like you're really there, like witnessing real, this happened to real people. Mm. Just, well done on every aspect. And again, I mean, you look at Moonlight and then look at La La Land. I mean, just, I mean, what opposite ends of the spectrum are we looking at here for, you know, best picture? But, uh, you know, of course, in terms of what's going to win, uh, I mean, the safe bet is La La Land at this point because it won the Globe. It won. I mean, what would be the surprise for you? I think, Moon, I think Moonlight should win simply because. I think it might win. Because we're talking about Oscars and mm. Oscars. You know, they're they're you. Not only are they one of the best films of the year traditionally, but they're also one of the most politically relevant. Right. Which honestly, Hidden Figures or Moonlight or Fences. Whoa, Hidden Figures. I mean, uh, let, let me just say, I would not be surprised. I I would be surprised with that. <laughs> just because I mean, Moonlight should win in terms of like where I think how the Oscars usually operate. Put it to you that way, because it's like the underdog. It's relevant. It talks. You know, I don't want to spoil any. I'm not going to say what it even it's even about because you just watch it and enjoy the the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, but I mean, while I'm talking to my friend Larry at the theater. This was a Thursday, and this is around noon. Mm-hmm. And every single person that came in, well, I was talking to him at the podium for about ten minutes. I'd say maybe at least fifteen, twenty people. Every single one of them was going to see Hidden Figures. Wow. And I'm not saying that's, that means it's going to get an Oscar. I'm just saying that, like, it's Hidden Figures is sort of like Moonlight and Fences Light, if that makes <laughs> any sense in terms of, like, you know, it's telling a very important story that n- most people didn't know anything about, not discounting that. But Fences and Moonlight is so much more personal about struggle and who you are and everything like that to where those were fantastic movies. Mm. Hidden Figures was a good movie. I'll never watch it again. You know, when I have kids and they want, you know, we show them true story movies and, you know, talk about actual facts, you know, because that'd be, that'd be my, one of my things as a dad. Let's watch, okay, let's watch this movie and let's talk about what really happened. And, I did look up all that, yeah, after you know, the movie. You know, so, again, not a bad movie, but I wouldn't be surprised just because of how the world works, put it to you that way. Hmm. Uh, actor, uh, nominees, of course, Affleck for Manchester, Andrew Garfield for Hacksaw. I don't see how he got the nominee. He's not, I don't, first of all, I don't like Andrew Garfield. <laughs> but he didn't do anything, there was nothing special in, in that role. He just did a goofy role. smile and yeah. talked a little slow. Yeah. Gosling, I, I, I like Ryan Gosling. Liked him since Drive. Uh, does, I mean, he was good, but I don't think he'll win. I mean, of course, Casey Affleck's the forerunner, I would imagine, from what I've heard, the buzz right, that right. I see. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, Vigo, haven't seen Captain Fantastic, really want to, love Vigo. I really want to as well. I'm shocked that he sneaked in there because like, there's nothing else for Captain Fantastic. Yeah, except him. Like, <laughs> he, you know. he must have done pretty damn well. But rounding out lead actor is Denzel, and he's my pick. Like, God, I mean, just... What was your pick for uh, Best Picture? Uh, Did you pick one? 
I'm going to say Just Moonlight. Just so we can go back and see I mean, how no, correct. La La, La, La Land will probably win is what I'm saying, but I think yeah. Moonlight should win uh, in terms of like Oscar. But now, my favorite film of the year out of those is probably still Hell or High Water. Like yeah. which one, you know, but I mean, I, I really like Lion. Arrival was fantastic. You know, I mean, every film nominated was a good film. was great right. with the except i mean hacksaw rage and hidden figures to me are the oddballs if it's anything other than la la land manchester moonlight i think i'll be su- surprised mm-hmm. definitely even though i could see a movie like lion winning it just not this year yeah yeah i mean and again we, we i think we talked about this on the podcast and not to be political but this is this is the po- the first post oscars hashtag oscars so white oh yeah that's true you know so and it, it, that's what it bugs me about this because I hope in for future generations that look back at this and like, oh, this was a show of diversity. No, these films were actually nominated because they were good. Yeah. These were some of the best films that came out this year. Denzel's performance in this year is completely worthy of an Oscar, in my opinion, not mm. because of any stupid flipping hashtag or anything <laughs> other than the fact that he did, in my opinion, quite possibly the best performance of the year. Bar mm. none. Uh, same thing with uh, Viola Davis. I swear to God, if she doesn't win, that's a crime. She uh, she was so good in this film, and she deserves. She's good in everything. She's a f- great actress. I love Viola Davis. Uh, lead, act- lead actress. The only movie that I've seen of those is La La Land. Oh wow! Yeah, so, yeah me too. Actually, you know, I mean, I don't. Even, I mean, I want to see Jackie because I'm a history. I love history stuff, and obviously Jackie Manassas. I don't. I don't give a shit about Meryl Streep. <laughs> I've. I don't. I don't like her. I've wow. never. The only movie I like I her, I like her, her that she's in is Death Becomes Her. That's the only movie I like that she's in. I'm not saying she's a bad actress. I just don't like her. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of another movie of hers that I actually can say that I like. Uh, I can't off the top of my head, honestly. I got to look at her history to pull one off of. Them. Hmm. Uh, so I guess Emma Stone will win that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't judge. Did she win the Globe? I think so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I think it swept the Globes. She did. I think she did. Uh, although Ruth Nega, I think she's a phenomenal actress. Uh, I, I, like if she won, I would assume that is deserved because even in Warcraft, she wasn't bad for being a what she was. <laughs> I mean, you have to take that in consideration. Uh, but she's gorgeous, and I think she's great. Uh, and then supporting actor is going to be uh, what was she in Warcraft? She was the queen. To, uh, that was such a small role, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, she said like a few lines, but I mean, she yeah. she didn't deliver them like the orc woman, you know. So I mean, she did a good job. Yeah. Now, supporting actor is tricky because you got uh, Marshall Ali for Moonlight, Bridges for Hell or High Water, Lucas Hedges for Manchester by the Sea, which is the the. No, it's not, there's a picture next to us trying to tell Jesse who it was, but it's not him. Dev Patel from Lion and Michael Shannon from Nocturnal Animals, which I haven't seen Nocturnal Animals, but I heard he was great in it, mm. and I like Michael Shannon is a fantastic actor. Uh, this one's hard. That, that's like to me that I'm most interested, honestly, to see who wins that, because Ali was fantastic in Moonlight. Bridges was awesome in Hell or High Water. Although he is kind of recycling little bits of True Grit and uh, in it, uh, Dev Patel, phenomenal. Like, I mean, that the performances in Lion are what made it so good. Like, uh, and in terms of like the the nominees too, Lion was the only one that like I had a I, I felt good after watching it. It was, yeah, you know, yeah. it was a good movie. Like, like, oh, and Hidden Figures to an extent. I mean, it wasn't like a downer ending. I mean, all the other ones are like, you know, Fences, it's high drama. Moonlight's high drama. Manchester by the Sea is super high drama. And bleak and everything's gray and cold. and <laughs> You know, but apparently that's what gets Oscar nominations. 
Mm, excuse me. Uh, wow. so, so that that that's the real race, I think, for the Oscars because every the one supporting. of those performances was again. I haven't seen Nocturnal Animals. It's so strange though with these supporting. It's like how is that supporting? Yeah, for real. I mean, I mean, unless you give the kid the lead. Yeah, which I mean, he wasn't in time wise. He wasn't in it longer. Isn't than Moonlight Patel? the same way? Like he's at the top. Is I mean, I haven't seen it. So okay, I mean, everybody should probably knows, but Moonlight jumps in time three times. Oh, uh, okay. And and that's the thing. Ali's only in it. Like he's not in it the whole movie uh, okay. because you're so you're seeing time thing. jumps, so he's definitely supporting. Like he yeah. is a supporting actor, you mm. know. But Jeff Bridges, he's the yin to the yang in that film. You yeah, know? that's true. Uh, Lucas Hedges, he's on screen, you know, eighty percent of the movie, whereas Affleck's on at ninety percent. I mean, it's such a fine line. I'm not sure where that comes in. Dev Patel again, he's the he is the movie. His character is the main character. Yeah, he doesn't just show up at the end as adult version. So who do you give it to? God, I mean that's I was trying to like yeah, skirt around the issue because it's so hard. <laughs> I, I give think, it to Dev Patel because that's I've seen two of those, and mm-hmm. so I still think it's. I think Ali will win it, but I would I would want Dev Patel to win it out of out of the like it's and I mean I'm talking about like slivers because all of those that I've seen and Lucas Hedges, I mean. He's great in that as a, a like his role in Manchester is more varied than Affleck's. And when you watch Manchester, you'll see the scene. You'll be like, "That's why he got nominated. That's the exact reason." Because every the whole other movie is the same thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then there's this scene. And it's just like, damn. Like, okay, I I see it now. Uh, but then supporting there's actors, the, uh, supporting role for the Golden Globe, uh, Nocturnal Animals. Oh uh, wow! But Quicksilver. Um, but it's um, it's not Michael Shannon though. Yeah, that's weird. It's the other guy. <laughs> yeah, you usually see a lot of crossover. Yeah, usually. Kick yeah. ass. Kick ass mm. got a Golden Globe. I don't know. Again, I don't have cable. I don't watch him. But a supporting actress again. No contest. Viola Davis. <laughs> Jesus. Phenomenal. And then yeah, I've seen all these movies. I've seen every one of these performances. So uh, Davis from Fences, Harris from Moonlight, Kidman for Lion, Spencer I'll for have to Figures, go with you for that. Williams cause... from Manchester by the Sea. And she did win. The, uh, I hope she wins world. the Oscar. She deserves it. Like, yeah. I mean, and again, Naomi Harris is great in Moonlight. Kimmon was great in Lion. Spencer was great in Hidden Figures. Michelle Williams was, had the fantastic scene in Manchester by the Sea. But mm. I mean, again, Fence. I mean, and honestly, this, these supporting characters are supporting characters. Viola Davis is in the whole. Like again, Fences is over two hours, and it's there's basically only five characters in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's and she's married to Denzel, so they're talking all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's why it blows my mind. She's not best actress nominated for because she should win that. Mm. So I'm not sure what the deal is. And then uh, director La La Land with Damien Chazelle, Hacksaw Ridge, Gibson, Moonlight, Barry Jenkins. Manchester Welcome back, Mel Gibson. Yeah, <laughs> he never left. I know. He just, he just. Everybody to... thought he was done, though. That's for sure. And, and then somebody man- decided, yeah, let's give him some money and see what he does. Manchester by the Sea, Kenneth Lundgren, and Arrival by Dennis Villeneuve. I would like for him to win because. I think he, based on what he's done before as a director and his body of work, I think Arrival, of those, I think Arrival was the best directed from a visual standpoint, which also kind of goes to the cinematographer. Sure. But I mean, of course, the director tells him what to do and plans it out. But uh, I mean, obviously, La La Land's contender. I mean, uh, the big one. I wouldn't be surprised, however, if Moonlight won that one as well. Hmm. I would actually, I would like Mel Gibson to win it to be like, fuck you. <laughs> but I mean, I didn't it, even prepare a speech. Yeah. But it wasn't <laughs> the best directed film of the year, not with those other ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, 
and like that's the thing. Moonlight takes a, such a story, like a simple story, and I, you felt like you were there, hmm. like not to where it was documentary style, but like it had that look, that feel, like you're standing in the crowd watching these tales unfold to me. You know, La La Land was very well choreographed, long, continuous shots. What? Yeah. Totally, well, nothing, no complaints about the directing or anything. Some great crew you know, so, on that. Yeah. A lot of, lot of technical, very detailed technical things in that one. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, uh, so, I mean, I imagine that La La Land will win, but I wouldn't be surprised again if Moonlight took that one. Because usually you have a sleeper kind of, you know, you have a lot of hype for films. Mm-hmm. And then the Oscars comes along, like Spotlight, I think last year. Yeah, yeah, Or yeah. year before last. Nobody thought it was going to win Best no, Picture. that's true. Because uh, go to the nominees for last year real quick, because everybody thought it was going to be something, and I did too. I think if you go back and listen to our episode, like we, around that time of year, we none of us thought that Spotlight was going to win Best Picture. We Let's mentioned, yeah, it was check. great, but it's not going to win Best Picture. Uh, that's a Golden Globes. Bob. Yeah, oh no, it was The Revenant. Everybody thought The Revenant was going to win, because it won yes. Best Director, and you know, Leo won Best Actor, and I really, I truly think The Revenant was the best film uh, of those nominated that year, but Spotlight came in and you know, I'll just go one. So, but yeah, you're right. Revenant was everybody had their money on that one. Yeah, uh, including me, and <laughs> I, I truly think it should have my again. But we're not members of the academy, mm. <laughs> uh, you know. So don't be surprised. I mean, it's it is highly likely, or let me let me say not likely, but highly possible. La La Land wins nothing but technical Oscars. To be perfectly honest with you, because of it's it's happened before. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, you know. So. But we'll we'll see. We'll find out Sunday. And I'll find out on my phone as IMDb sends me Oscar alerts. I want to hear what our listeners think. Yeah, let us know your picks. Uh, tweet them because we're. I, I sent out a tweet. I sent out a tweet. <laughs> in your face, Ben in Tasmania. I sent out a tweet. Just tag uh, uh, at eighties revisited. Yeah, let us know your Oscar picks. Uh, you know, or what your thoughts on them, whatever. Or send us an email. And speaking of emails, I got a ton of them. Really. So, um, I never checked. Oh, uh, by the way, I do have a correction from last episode. I listened to it in the car, and I was like, oh, I need to correct that next episode, but I forgot what it was. So if you have a correction for last episode, or I any probably, episode. Yeah, any of them. But if it's for last episode, I'm pretty sure I mentally caught it, but I don't remember what it was. There's a statute of limitations on yeah, that. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, emails. I'll tell you right now, Justin, we need to go to Europe because we're big in the UK. Yeah, that's what I hear. We're big in the UK. I mean, uh, th- we gotta, love the UK. I do. Uh, you yeah. know, great fan freaking. Oh yeah, I know. we'll do a live show in the UK. Yeah, send us uh, the interest. Yeah, let know. us know who to talk to. We'll work interested. it out. You know, we'll, you know, we we don't work. We're not expense as expensive as you think. I mean, yeah. airfare, hotel, and meals. That's all we need. Trey will be front and center stage, and I'll be in the back, like in the dark. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the producer, uh, it'd be like Wayne's World with Garth alone, like. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Where are you? It's not a stage fright thing. It's a producer role thing. You know, I'm not supposed to be friends. No, when podcasts do it live, it's the whole everybody's. I know, there, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll at least the awesome. ones I've seen or listened to, I should say. But uh, anyway, uh, Peter Gray, greetings from the UK. Hello to you all from another '80s child here in the UK. Well, I was born in '74, but don't remember much of the '70s. But I do recall the '80s and all mm. the great films, TVs, and music. You're absolutely right about Especially that. Especially Action Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I've recently discovered your podcast and I'm enjoying working my way through them and reminiscing about the good old days. Three exclamation points behind that, by the oh, way. I'm just saying. Wow. So I guess I should have screamed that. Good old days. However, I've noticed a massive hole in your list. Where the fuck is Flash Gordon? The greatest <laughs> 80s film ever. Hopefully you'll rectify this soon. Also, uh, I... Flash! 
Also, I couldn't download the episodes on Teen Wolf or Empire Strikes Back. We'd love to listen to them sometime, too. Massive Star Wars fan. Regards to all of you and look forward to more excellent episodes. Pete, sent from my check iPhone. On those. I gotta make some direct links. I gotta update the website. I yes. got a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, Jess, Jesse's busy. You know, luckily we have time to even record. So, but uh, all these, you know, it, like we had a. Uh, Last week, uh, which, uh, what's his name? Roger, I believe, sent us another email this week. Uh, thanks for the book, Roger. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. All in good fun, my friend. We appreciate it, honestly. No, but because, uh, you know, if there is an episode that you want to listen to that for whatever reason is not coming up, yeah, send, just send us to it in an email know. so we know which ones to check. But also, you know, if you like use iTunes, you know, check it out on Stitcher to see if it's up on Stitcher maybe in the meantime. Yep. Uh, but just, you know, definitely let us know. So, you know, I say us, Jesse, because he's the one that handles all that. I just show yeah. up and look good. Which y'all can't tell because we're not <laughs> Facebook Live. I look like shit. We today. used to. Yeah. But maybe one day. Maybe 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 yeah. Hey, this is Jesse. I'm going to steal the show just for a second because I want to tell you guys about iTunes ratings. Now, we've had the same iTunes ratings for quite some time, and that's great. That's okay. But I see some of you guys writing these great emails. Before you write an email, go on to iTunes. Write us a little review. It could be five words. That's fine. And as many stars as you'd like to give us. Just go on there, write us, and let us know in your email that you wrote us a great review. And we can go check it out and give you praise. Now back to the show. And another one from our good friend, UK Lee, Lee Bragg, over in the UK as well. Hey, love the My Bloody Valentine episode. Can't tell you how much I look forward to listening. Really helps me get through my night shift. Glad to hear it, my friend. Awesome. I work nights too. Uh, I've been racking my brains trying to think of an Easter horror film, and you're right. It would be a good idea as it is quite a big holiday. The only thing I could think of is a scene in Critters 2 where a guy dressed up as an Easter bunny gets attacked by the Critters and throws himself through a church window during an Easter service. <laughs> yeah. And you're exactly right. And also our good friend in Tasmania, Ben Wyatt, mentioned that as well. But, of course, it's not specifically an Easter movie, so yeah. it doesn't count. It, you, but it, there is a scene of an Easter bunny getting mauled by Critters because they go in his pants and eat him alive from the inside. I think we should write one, like, uh, with all the listeners, too. You know, they could send yeah. in their scenes. Yeah, send in, there you go. It, uh, I mean, send in your titles, too. Like, you got to work egg in there. So exit strategy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, get our, we'll get our theater friends, and we'll do a dramatic reading for an episode once we get a, 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 a user source script. I could do that. There we go. There, there's the challenge, everybody. Yep. 80s at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, and all, all entries are copyright 2017, 80s Visited. Uh, yeah, that's implied. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, that's the only, let me see where it is. I lost the place. Can't remember if any more of the film is set at Easter, but it was the only thing I could think of. By the way, loved it when you read my last email on the show with an English accent. More of that, please. It started <laughs> off sounding like Mick Dundee, but then turned into Jason Statham. All the best, Lee. Lee, I speak on behalf of everybody that listens. Don't encourage me. Don't encourage me to do accents because I can't do them. I try. That's my Jon Snow. Oh, is that what that I don't was? Know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I, it it started off as something. Jason Statham, because that one's easy. Jason Statham. I'm just Jason, Jason Statham. Just say uh, his name over and over again. Gotta have sex in public to keep my heart beating or something like <laughs> So I'm glad you like Always it, Lee. Crank. But you are a minority, but I'll still sneak it in there for you, bud. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it, my accents are the Action Jackson of cinema. <laughs> That's it. I give so, your accents a four. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but nevertheless, thanks for the email. And here we go. Roger strikes back. Roger Russell. Another email from him. Hey, Trey and Jesse. Thanks for reading my letter on the last episode. And sorry for the Jesse. typos, Trey. I didn't mean to trip you up while you were reading. Nope. Hey, it, I, I do it to myself, pal. <laughs> no, no need to apologize. Anyways, I've listened to all the current episodes from episode 162, which was Prince of Darkness, 
to, of course, episode 166. And yes, I spoiled it for myself that Daniel left the show, which made me sad when I started listening to episode <laughs> one. And I still can't believe how he hates Big Trouble in Little China. Me either, but they're you know, stranger we, things. That's why we dropped them. Yeah. <laughs> Good. He just couldn't deal with it anymore. I had to let him go. Uh, but... But up and, uh, and up, but I haven't list, learned why he left. I'm anxiously awaiting that heart wrenching announcement after you read my letter. I did we announce it? We I talked about it on the air. Oh, we like did? I mean, it's coming. We'll we'll let you we'll let you discover <laughs> it organically and historically in the yeah. uh, as they say on Galaxy Quest, the uh, historical records of <laughs> '80s revisited. Uh, after you read my letter, my uh, after you read my letter, I listened to the episode where Daniel started doing video game reset. So retract more video game talk, and I totally forgot that we even did that. Yeah. Because I mean that was so long ago. Yeah, that was. Uh, but hey, you know things all work out for a reason. Uh, so retract more video game talk. It was all there the entire time. I just finished episode seventy nine, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and love the story about you meeting Cassandra Peterson, aka Elvira. I just so happened to meet her recently this past October at Spooky Empire Ultimate Horror Weekend. Free plug for them. Wow. Over here in Orlando, and I wanted to say that she was such a doll and super freaking nice. I barely got two words out being so nervous as I too had had, had and currently do have a huge crush on her. She double-checked my photo as well and was impressed with the quality of the camera I was using and talked to me for a couple of minutes how she needs a nice camera and how people only use their phones nowadays. She was such a doll. And this was, this was the same conversation I was able to meet same, excuse me, same convention. Not your fault. Not your fault, Roger. Don't, don't apologize again. That's me. <laughs> I was able to meet it. I talk too fast when I get excited. That's why I, like, I end up saying <laughs> so many weird things sometimes on the podcast. I just, my, brain, my mouth moves faster than my brain. The micro machines, man. Yep. Basically, just, you know, not as well versed <laughs> in, the, well. <laughs> in speed talking and thinking. Uh, but let me see where I lost my spot again. <laughs> same convention. I was able to meet another 80s icon in Kane Hodder. Awesome. He's like on my list to meet because I've got Bruce Campbell. Got Jason, I mean, uh, Robert Unglin, Elvira. I need a signed machete from Kane Hodder to finish my collection. Uh, who, if you haven't met, and it's very much suggest you do, as I mentioned before, if you ever get the opportunity, hope to. He was a class act, and we talked Friday and Hatchet for literally nine to ten minutes. Love to hear that. Because uh, you, when you go to con- Comic Cons or whatever, like, you see those booths. Yeah, the where stars they have stuff. like you know if it's somebody from The Walking Dead it could be that one it could be the Sophia actress no right. disrespect to you little girl you're you've done more <laughs> with your life than I have you know but you have a line around the block then you walk on the next corner and there's at each booth is a member of the cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation with nobody no at one. their booth yeah I know and I'll tell you first of all Riker's because, always alone <laughs> first of all it's because you're charged. Excuse me, you're charging way too much for an autograph, yep. and then people are too afraid to come, like even talk to you because you're. They don't want to be that. You just say, uh, "Are you paying for the autograph?" Then don't talk to me. Yeah, not saying I mean, that. That is a stigma to me. Like I don't want to go up up to them without purchasing something because right. that's why they're there. They're there to make money. Absolutely. But at the same time, I feel bad. Like I just want to say hello and that's it. But you know, like I don't want to have. I don't want to be the person to come back here and tell that story about Brent Spiner. What an asshole. <laughs> he saw that he he saw with his data vision that I had no money in my pocket and just told <laughs> pointed away and said shook his head before I even got there, you know. No disrespect, to Brent Spiner, you're the first one I thought of. Right, you were an example. You know? So it's like you know, uh, and I, maybe I'll just try that hypothetically at the ne- next time I go to a con. If there's no line, just say, hey, I just saw there was nobody. Around. I just want to tell you, you know, big fan, appreciate yeah. your work. No signature. Yeah, I don't want anything just except a handshake. You know, yeah. just to, just as, you know, hopefully. And again, I'd like to think that they wouldn't mind because, oh, like, oh, God, finally. But then also at the same time, oh, God, finally. Oh, and he didn't buy anything. <laughs> I got to pay for airfare to get here and I'm not doing anything. At the same time, I mean, if you get something out of it, I wouldn't feel bad about paying for something. You know? Yeah. You know, but again, you know, I, I love Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. 
but I'm not but paying it, to 150 bucks for a day to autograph. I don't love t- it that just much. Just leave them a tip. <laughs> Yeah, oh, like, yeah that, that's actually that's actually a good idea. Like, hey, I don't have enough to buy bucks. anything, but you know, here's five bucks. I just want to shake your hand, yeah. and you know, yeah, that's a that's a good idea. I might next time I go to comic, if there's anybody that's alive that's going to be at a, at him anymore, yeah, because of course the last one here, all excited to go see Carrie Fisher, Princess Leia has to go into a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, it was literally her neck. Mm-hmm. Like she died was like literally the week before that Comic Con. Mm-hmm. You know, tr- Tragic, you know, terrible, like not discounting that, but it was just like, son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. I was about to meet Princess Leia. <laughs> That's the only reason I was going to go this, uh, yeah, was it earlier this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, early, first week of January, because she died right at the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, but continuing Roger's email, uh, he even bombarded me with trivia questions to see if I knew the answer since I told him I was a big fan. That's awesome. You know, that's <laughs> that's the interact. like, that's why, like, I told my story with Cassandra Peterson. I mean, like, that's, like, what I wish, you know, and of course, like we said before, you know, Jack Nicholson's trying to eat with his daughter. Don't go bother the dude. Right. Because then if you get spaghetti in your face and a broken nose, it's your own fault. <laughs> you know, but I mean, like, meeting Avira and Casper Van Dien at Comic-Con, and Bruce Campbell as well. I mean, you know, it was... That's what they're there for. Yeah, they, I mean, they were nice. They engaged. Robert Unglund as well. Uh, and he talked to... And he saw... I told the story before. I don't know if you got that episode yet, Roger. I think... It, actually, you should have. I think it was the same convention where you talked about Elvira. Uh, how he ta- like he saw Autumn had on speaking of Carrie Fisher, uh, Princess Leia shirt, and was like, "Is that Carrie?" And told us the whole yeah. story about that, which I told on the podcast. So you'll hear that on that episode. Uh, but anyone, anyway, anyway uh, finish up the email. Usually, anyone I met from anything age related, usually such nice and genuine people. Uh, such examples: Robert Englund, Heather Langenkamp, who I confess my love to. Good job, William Ragsdale, Amanda Beard from Fright Night, Ralph Macchio, William Zabko from Karate Kid, of course, Alex Vincent, Brad Dourif, excuse me, from Child's Play, and tons more. <laughs> You're ahead of me, bro. Slow down. <laughs> Uh, but uh, let's see. There was only one icon I met who I had not, who I had a not so great experience meeting who shall remain nameless. Oh, so you can't do that to us. Oh. You got to let us know. We uh, want to read it on the air. I just believe he was having a bad day, like we all do. See, you're probably exactly right. But yeah. but hey, just you, you got. I won't read it on the air. You got You can't leave me in suspense. You meet all these people, and there's one bad one. You got to tell me this, Roger. I will never read an email you submit again until you give me a name. I'm trying to think if I had any bad experiences with people. Again, like we talked about this off. Oh, speaking of, uh, I mean, just we're talking about this off the air because my parents, they live in Big Bear Lake, California. I've gone and visited them several times. Visited my brother several times in LA. They've seen all sorts of freaking celebrities out in the wild, as I'll call it. <laughs> I've never seen a celebrity out in the wild that I can think of, except at a Comic Con where they're meant to be and there. WrestleMania. Well, that same that's like that same thing. I'm paying to. See. Oh, oh no. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was in the wild. Yeah, but you know, in hindsight, I wish I would have like, oh, I loved you in Action Jackson. Yeah. And he'd be like, really? He'd run. He'd, he'd like start fighting. <laughs> <laughs> or he, no, he, he'd get real close and whisper his totally racist evil plan right in my face, <laughs> and then walk away. <laughs> no, so you're. I stand corrected. You are correct. But again, yeah. like you know, in hindsight, I was just so dumbfounded. Like I can't believe we saw Craig T. Nelson. Yeah, and he's already a block away. So then it's like, wait. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, oh Jesus Christ, not yeah. again. <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, to date this, my mom sent me pictures saying like, oh, guess who we saw here today? Uh, yeah, they saw Jason Momoa <laughs> and Joshua Tree. And I'll tell you right now, I told Jesse this. The only reason my parents would know who he is is because my cousin was with him. <laughs> Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't have a damn clue. That they, guy just looks like a superhero. Yeah, they wouldn't have a damn clue. Of course, my wife's in love with him. Yeah, but you know, if I can have Margot Robbie and Kate Beckinsale, she can have Jason Momoa <laughs> and Chris Pratt. So we have all, we all have our you know give and takes in relationships. Sure. 
But anyway, uh, the last, last bit he says, my wife and I shop on Amazon. I'm currently teaching her to click on your guys' link for when we do to help contribute to your great show. Uh, does that still work, Jesse? I have no idea. I don't think it does. If it does, we'll let you know. But don't <laughs> yeah. stop, just in case. Yeah, yeah. That 14 cents will come in handy one day. You're right. Uh, I do have some movie requests, though. The Wizard, uh, Little Monsters, and vice versa. You must be a really big Fred Savage fan. Because <laughs> that's his two 80s movies. Uh, aside from Princess Fred, Fred of course. Savage Month. Uh, I'll starting start. Oh, I, I should have kept reading. Because, <laughs> of course, uh, just for and just so Roger and any of the other emails, I usually don't read them until we get on the air. Right. Just so we have that spontaneity and we answer them live with you. So, so if you want a platform a, to spread your message, yeah. put it in your email. Just sneak it in there. <laughs> no, like some of them coming. I'll just kind of scan just to see if there's something noticeable. Like I noticed the Elvira mm-hmm. thing when I was printing it out and just and all that. But anyway. Uh, Look out for swastika emoticons. <laughs> <laughs> but he rounding out, he says, all starring the one and only Fred Savage, each one a classic in my books growing up. Uh, long live the 80s. Sincerely, Roger Russell. Again, thanks for the book, Roger. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. Let me uh, let me go back. I meant to address uh, Peters from the UK about Flash Gordon. It's going to happen. Just don't know when. Mm. Uh, you know, it's one because, of, of course, Flash Gordon's huge. Or let me let me let me let me rephrase that. It's more notable now than it's been in years because of Ted, mm-hmm. uh, which was fantastic seeing, uh, I forget his name, Flash Gordon himself. That was my favorite part of that movie. I, I didn't like Ted, but I love mm-hmm. seeing Flash Gordon. Because I do like Flash Gordon. Uh, of course, it's kind of a, it's sort of an action Jackson level science fiction movie to many people. Oh, but uh, rest assured, Pete, we will get to it one day. Uh, it's not for lack of trying. It's just, uh, in fact, uh, this is what, Jesse, 160 something? I'm not sure what the exact number I've left. Yeah, 167, I think. 167. We still got like uh, 32 episodes to do. Yeah. Before we get to our second annual 100 character showdown battle. Annual? Yeah. Well, every 100 episodes. Or every time we have 100 episodes of characters. Annual is a year, though. That time? That first year? No, annual. Oh, well, uh, (laughs) annual 100 episode. It's just our second. Yeah, it's the second one. (laughs) Second observance of our 100 character 80s battle royale yeah. uh but so rest assured i give you my word flash will be in there but hey Ooh. when they enter the arena of 80s revisited you never know where they're going to end up yeah. or who they're going to be facing against so anything <laughs> could happen it could be john matrix versus flash gordon that's a tough one yeah. but we'll have to wait a few months to see that uh but yeah tr- rest assured we'll get to it but uh roger uh in fact we've been planning to do the wizard for months go- actually over probably over a year now because uh, I plan to do it with John from Now Versus Nostalgia because we had talked about uh, me doing their show with him and talking about The Wizard on their show uh-huh. and then doing ours here and talking about it as well. You know, doing like different aspects of it on each episode. Just picking up his jacket. Yeah, it's the same, yeah, same thing. Uh, and actually, I, uh, all of you Now Versus Nostalgia fans, uh, I talked to John actually earlier this week so I talked to him in a couple weeks. Uh, and he's actually in the process of moving, but he's going to have a new recording room, game room, and all that. So they're go- they will be back with their podcast. So uh, all of our fans, I urge you to check some of their old episodes, especially if you like the southern flavor of Asia Visited. You can mm. get some uh, west, southwest Louisiana Lafayette flavor with Now vs. Nostalgia. But uh, yeah, we will. Uh, Wizard will definitely be covered eventually. Uh, Little Monsters, I'm sure, as well. Vice versa, speaking of, I think that was a Judge Reinhold movie, wasn't it? Little Monsters? No, uh, vice versa. Oh, vice versa. Uh, Little Monsters, Howie Mandel. Howie Mandel. And that one might actually yeah, happen right. sooner than The Wizard, Roger, simply because my yep, wife Judge loves Ryan that movie. Holt. Or she's claimed she did when she was a kid, but of course through uh, looking back at it, you know, sometimes opinions improve and say the same, but sometimes they don't. But uh, we'll get to all of those. 
Vice versa would definitely be the latter one on the list, I'm sure. But uh, rest assured, we the 80s. There's there's not a shortage. We're only on episode 167. <laughs> there's plenty of movies to get to, so we'll cover them all. My name all the is ones Judge. that are reco- uh, requested and all that kind of fun stuff. But as we mentioned, uh, hit us up with an email with any questions, comment, concerns, death threats, love letters, all that fun stuff. Valentine's didn't get any from any of our listeners. I was really sad. Not really. What? Didn't expect it. But I uh, got tons from the listeners. Wait, what? Yeah. How? I mean, my Wait, mailbox what? was no. full. I mean, they did a snail mail. They got is my... That, is that all that candy that was in there last yeah. time? <laughs> you bastards. From the listeners. But of course, 80srevisit at gmail.com, at awesomepods on Twitter, at 80srevisited on Twitter. Uh, it's active. I have it on my phone. As we, you heard it last week, I can go to my phone, hit Twitter, and tap a little icon and instantly bring it up. So I have no excuse, Ben Wyatt, to not tweet out things when I, uh, on there. Think of them. Yeah, so I mean, the first hashtag that I sent was, you know, how you like, is that good enough for you, Ben? <laughs> so uh, never got a response, but <laughs> so right. check, it's not a check your Twitter, hashtag. mate. Uh, but anyway. You got to at symbol him. I thought I did. No, oh, no, I, you're right. No, I just hashtagged. Yeah. See, I, I got to learn this Twitter shit. Hashtag is like, yeah, I've been against hashtags because it's a pound sign. It is a pound sign. This is an 80s podcast, so it here is here to, therefore, ban to say hashtag from this point on, starting now. It's pound, pound sign. sign. Pound sign, 80s revisited. Yeah. Or no, actually, ampersand, 80s revisited. No, that's, that's the wrong thing. No. At sign, 80s yeah. revisited. Don't ampersand it because I don't know what that does. That 80s, might break Twitter. No one used the at sign in the 80s. That's true. We didn't know what the hell it was for. <laughs> <laughs> Is that some logo for something? Yep. But uh, anyway, yeah, all those, uh, I had awesome pods on Facebook, like I mentioned, where you can uh, communicate with us there as well. Uh, awesomepods.com as I mentioned before John and James now versus Nostalgia check them out as I mentioned uh, by name several times already as well again Ben Wyatt with the Asia Mania Podcast give them a listen always good to hear and talk to them uh, and uh, actually before I, I left out a big thing at, because we got so hung up on the Oscar talk uh, just to back to the future thing saw Lego Batman phenomenal yes it loved it did you see it as well yes I did I lo- it was so good from the very beginning. Yeah, from the <laughs> first line of the movie. Right. I was instantly in love, like, best, second best Batman movie ever. And it all comes back around, too. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic film. Uh, what else did I, I mention? I saw Fences. Uh, I think that was about it. Oh, I saw a, it was a British documentary called Freddie Mercury, He Wants to Live Forever, which I was excited for. Oh, a documentary on Freddie Mercury. I love documentaries. I love mm-hmm. good documentaries. Right. It's not that good. The guy playing him, it's sort of like we were talking about the Brit, that's the big news right Britney now. It's the ever Britney after. Ever After, how nobody looks like they're supposed to. Right. Well, in this film, like, uh, what was it called again? Freddie Mercury, Who Wants to Live Forever. There's hardly anything on it on IMDb because like, I couldn't find out, like, I, like anything like about production or no, that's not it. anything. I think no, it, no. it literally just recently aired on British television. Uh, it's I mean, it's not bad, but it's not, it's like, it's a, it's a documentary where, like, you're watching actors the whole time. Yeah. And it, you know, they'll every now and then we'll cut to like interviews, but it's not like nobody talk. They're not talking to any of the members of Queen. They're talking to like personal friends and journalists. You know, it, and I, you, you do learn some stuff you didn't learn. I mean, it's worth watching if you're a fan of Queen and Freddie Mercury for uh, some of the, the behind like some of the drama going on. It's basically about the last two years of his life, uh, for the most part. Uh, but it's not like the the holy grail of the what at one time would have been the Sasha Baron Cohen starring Freddie Mercury biopic. Yeah, you know, which I still think him he was the perfect choice for that, but alas, was not meant to be. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and the only thing I was going to say in the Back to the Future segment was I finished Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, I noticed you changed your little cover 
Yeah, thing. true fans know what it is. <laughs> yeah. that, that was the part I was like, damn. God damn it. <laughs> and then uh, the end, of course, was fantastic uh, and everything. Uh, and then after I beat the game, there's this hidden dungeon. I went and got the airship. Airship God con- damn that hidden dungeon. Air, airship controls like a bitch. I know. It, like, why can't, why, why does it have to control so terrible? It, I, don't, yeah. I don't know why. And then I was like, I got it. And, and like, they got to like auto save or something if they're going to make it so bad. Yeah, like it should save before you take off every yep. single time. Pretty much. And, and then, in flight, too. <laughs> it looks badass, but it's just crash. like, I can't see shit. Yep. Let me tell you, like, you have to fly to this hidden runway to get to the hidden dungeon. Uh-huh. And the first time I did it, it was daytime and I crashed. The second time, I knew I finally found, like, oh, it's that yellow stripe on the map. Oh, I didn't even know it existed. The, the, uh, like, I saw that yellow stripe. I was like, oh, I'm going to go check that out. And I went inside. I was like, what the hell is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And there went my night. <laughs> I'll get into that in a second. But uh, <laughs> but then, like, so oh during the day, God. I was like, oh, there's the runway, and I crashed when I saw it visually. And then at night, I was like, oh, they should I was like, Autumn was sitting next to me getting fed up with my attitude about the game. Like, should put the fucking uh, thing on the map. I'm like, wait a second. We'll say, oh, it is on the map. Oh, okay. Landed Slight it in the dark. maybe for Final Fantasy 15. It's post-game. It is post-game, but, you know, if you're looking forward to being... All that. If it just, was, if it was, just if it was achievable before, well, actually, it is, the airship is achievable before the end of the game, because it's about when you raid the bases and you have that quest before the end of the game. Yeah, I think I got it after. We talked about the airship though before on the podcast. Before even I, I mean, it's a staple. Of yeah, Final Fantasy. But hidden dungeon anyway. You have to get to a secret run run this was runway. The worst version of the airship. Yeah, the ever way. ever. Yeah, bar none. Uh, anyway, in the hidden dungeon, yeah, uh, I spent about two hours into it, realized there's no trophy, I'm not gonna play the game beyond this, <laughs> so I said, fuck that shit, because it's stupid, and all these people are like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I'm not shitting on your opinion, I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know if you loved it or not, this, I'm just, just let me get this out, because don't come at me with this shit about how it's the best dungeon ever in Final Fantasy, like I've heard some people say, when it's a platforming dungeon in a game that doesn't control like a platformer. Exactly. I got, no, the controls are shit. I got through it all. <laughs> However, Here's where I gave up. Here's where I gave up. I, forgot, I don't know how far it was. And I see these speed runs where people cheat it somehow and yeah, get it in yeah. a minute. I'm like, like, if I ever want to go back, that's what I'm going to do. But I'm yeah, not, I'm not beating that. this legit because I don't have the patience or the time to but put up with this. Even those speed runs, they must have mastered the way he moves because yeah. there were some of those jumps at the end. It's like, I can't... It's really difficult yeah, to make it. Yeah, and he's jump. just like, yeah, and you know, because your guy steps oh forward before he jumps. Yeah, and then and also when he lands, he doesn't plant. He, nope, I he land. I'm going to walk bit. forward a little bit. Yep. Oh, you want me to turn around? Let me take five steps. Yeah, let me do it in a, a circle oh. motion. He doesn't but just spin. He walks in a circle. The room that ended me is the room where you get to the spikes, uh-huh. and it's the moving platforms on the floor. And they have the part where you have yeah, to... Yeah. There's one jump where, first of all, you have to land perfectly because there's spikes on the wall and you have to jump on a ledge. Mm-hmm. And then you have to walk and you have to ride it going through some spikes. Then you have to jump. And I swear to God in this game, if your foot <laughs> grazes a spike, right. instant death. The dungeon is not fun. It's frustrating. No. Now, if, it, if the controls were there... Mm-hmm. I could see it being like a fun. It wouldn't to be platform. what it was. Yeah, like it, it would it's be... a trial of endurance and patience, and you have to be a glutton for punishment. I think the first night when I found it, I spent about five hours in it, maybe Good four and a half. God. And I was like, "Come on, this has got to be." It. The sun was coming up because you know I work nights. Yeah, and the sun was coming. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I stopped, and then 
when I went upstairs, sat in bed, I looked up the place. And you were like right at the end or something? I was right at the end. <laughs> I was three minutes from the end. So the next morning I got up, went right to the end. Well, see, uh, my PlayStation is like sometimes there's something wrong with the disc. Like, uh, let me rephrase this. It's not broke, but like every now and then, like when I have it in rest mode and I boot up and like I go to finish a game, sometimes it'll say can't read the disc and it'll spit it out and put it back in. Mm. And I have to put the, uh, like, but also when I put a disc into it, it's like, like I have to kind of give it a little oh, push. Weird. So it's, it's the first generation or mm, like is the big fat one with the shiny chrome color on it? It's not chrome. I mean, it's, it's a fat one. I mean, but I'm trying to remember when I got it. It wasn't. When did I get a PlayStation 4? I didn't get it at launch. See, I got mine at launch. It still works. I'm trying to remember when I got it. Uh, well, they only have like the slim and... Oh, I got it. I got it when ground, Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes came out. Because that was the game I bought with it. I ordered it on Amazon. Got my PS4 and Metal mm. Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. So whatever day Ground Zeroes came out originally, that's the day I got my PlayStation 4. I think I was 4. thinking of the 3 in design-wise. Yeah, 3 had the, chrom- the, like the little chrome the detail chrome, on the front. Yeah. And I, I had a launch 3. See, I didn't have And that. it lasted un- until... I had a four at the time. I still have my three. <laughs> still works. And, I, and I, I, it sucked because none of the games are backwards compatible. Like I mentioned yeah, I last week, I think I didn't get to finish Final Fantasy 13 3 because my PS3 broke. Well, if you want to borrow mine. <laughs> nah, I ain't worried about it I know not. <laughs> I, got, I got Horizon Zero Dawn coming out next week. That's true. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Final Fantasy 15 overall, like, I'm so glad I played it. It was fantastic. Uh, but all the platforming elements. I guess they... we could talk about the healer. Did you? Uh... Yeah, the girl, yeah. the sister. Yeah, I wish I would have kept her around because she doesn't die. Yeah, <laughs> I used her to fight some of the hunts. I was like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which uh... it would have been nice to have a healer of any sort. Mm-hmm. Not that she was the greatest, but I mean, it was better oh than my nothing. god! Like that was again. Like it's it's a good game. It's I almost wish it wasn't. It almost seems like it. I agree, you know, yes, it's Final Fantasy XV, but maybe it should have been Final Fantasy something something, maybe yeah, instead yeah. of a numbered one. Because it has all the like elements. King's Clave. Yeah, or just yeah, yeah something like that, maybe, because it's it is different and but it's rough. Mm-hmm. I thought it was rough. Uh, and that's just my how my play style, because dear God, the last the if uh, spoilers, uh, the Ifrit fight at the end, I mm-hmm. must I, I had ninety nine potions. And I think I ended up leaving that fight with like twenty. Really? I found that kind of easy, actually. No, every other fight um, leading up to it phew, blew through it. But the Ifrit yeah. one, every Ignis, spoiler alert, blonde motherfucker kept getting his ass killed <laughs> yeah. every yeah. time. Yeah, he always died. And he was my key to beating him with his uh, elemental, uh, his little one-bar yeah. elemental yeah. Th- tech thing where, you know, I just did that and and kept freaking dying. I had to keep pumping potions into him and Gladio to keep him alive. Now, I may have spent a lot of potions, but I don't remember being like trouble. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't trouble, but it was. It was me micromanaging everything to load them up with potion. Like stop dying, stop dying, yeah. stop dying. <laughs> what level are you? Or did you? Uh, I was fifty. Well, excuse me. Yeah, I was, was 50, fifty when because you said you were forty nine or something. Yeah, so yeah, I was like 49. when I was forty eight. I was or after we talked after we recorded last time. I just went straight story from that point on. Oh, uh, Okay. Because I wanted See, to I beat don't know it if we before Horizon Zero. Though no, I think we, we talked about it off the air. Maybe. Um, then they have that giant turtle. I have no desire oh, oh. to go fight that. No, that was awesome. When like, it was the awesome. Mount, when the mountain moves and it's not a man torso and it's like 99, I'm like, oh my. And, yeah. and thankfully the quest sounds like, run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm running. Because you this. need like 50 more levels. 
Plus, it's like a two and a half hour fight. I've been reading online. Cool. Well, I've heard like I saw like recommended level was fifty, but like oh, this, but this loadout and then like you know, wow. or stuff like that, and you can beat it. Which I have no desire to sit there no, for two no, and a half no, hours. No, Not if, after I did that dungeon. I mean, <laughs> that dungeon gives uh, you the uh, the black cape. Yeah, the black hood. Black hood, that's and it. you can dodge automatically, which is great. Which if, if I was going to I do think- the hunts, I would go. I would get that to right. fight Adamantois and all that stuff. But I'm sorry, I don't have the time or the patience for that shit. It's not good. <laughs> it's no. it's absolutely it's barbaric. It is. It's. But uh, I just remember while I was doing it, I was like, "This has got to be in then, right?" <laughs> and then I did up on another part and be like, "Okay, let's see if I can get to this." And see, when I did it, I was like watching a YouTube video because I already got tired of it. Oh wow! Like I'm just like I, I just want to get through it. I just want to. I don't. You know. I just want to know where to go. Yeah. Like, I don't. This is not fun for me. <laughs> uh, the fun is gone after the first room and like the hitting the ball to raise the cage and that stuff. I was done. I was like, okay, this is not fun. I'm dying for like no. I I'm like you know I landed there. I saw my feet land there, but oh no, Knox got to take a step when he jumps and walk off a building. Who does that? Yeah, Ugh. yeah, and all the um. There was one part, you probably didn't get this far, but it turns into a side-scroller. Whoa. It ain't good. <laughs> None of... Now, now, if this same... Again, you transplant this dungeon into a game with actual platforming mechanics, it'd be great. Yeah, it, its whole intention was just to screw with you. Like, here it is. See, it turns into a side-scroller. And thing is, you can still walk off the edge if you That's walk so towards stupid. the screen. That's so stupid. Yeah, it was annoying. Oh, and uh, actually, the other most annoying thing that wasn't this dungeon... Oh, he fell. <laughs> uh, the fact that the, the, the trees that in the environment you can't walk through... Like, if yeah. You, like, I'm yeah, on a chocobo, the, and it's like, bonk, bonk, like, why can't I go through this tree? Yeah, like a big, thick that thing of trees. That was absolutely aggravating. Yeah. Uh, like I said... If you like Final Fantasy and you, th- and you thought this one looked too different for you, no, you should definitely play it. It's got the Final Fantasy story. It's a fantastic story and game, but it's rough. There are aspects of it to me that are rough. Uh, also, I didn't like the way the summons worked at all. Uh, yeah. I, only, I only saw Rama and only saw, again, spoilers, I only saw Shiva at the end when she took out or weakened Ifrit. Whenever a summon would come up, it was usually Rama for me. Yeah, that's the only one I saw. I had to go oh, on YouTube to see meant. the other yeah, ones. Yeah. I, I never saw Leviathan or Shiva come out. And Leviathan it turns out, comes out. Well, there's a story point I think where he, yeah, that's, I, that's what I meant. But is that that? That's the only time I saw him too. <laughs> I don't remember it being like the. I remember the summon being different because the summon he like spins them around and water balls or something. But he comes out when you're on the train and like bombs the yeah. monsters off of it. Oh, okay. Then I must have only seen that too. But uh, so I. I mean, yeah, thank, I mean, every time, like, someone's like, shit, shit, L2, 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 and then Judgment Ball, like, looks incredible. <laughs> we're watching a video of that pit toss dungeon, the shitty dungeon. This is where I quit. <laughs> and it's and like, wow, you were literally right I was there. literally at the end. I would have gotten, so like, yeah. The next morning, that thing rose up, and I was like, okay, that's it. <laughs> oh, but what I was getting at was, uh, when I was talking about it, too, because of my disc messing up, mm-hmm. I didn't want to lose any progress in this dungeon. Yeah. So at that point where I told you I quit with the spikes on the moving platform on the floor, walked all the way back to the outside, exited the dungeon, saved. So I have a hard save with progress because the dungeon doesn't reset when you go back into it. So I at least have that part of it done if for whatever fucking reason I would ever <laughs> want to go back through it, which is not going to happen. No, no. It's, it's an awful, awful place. Now, if it would have been an achievement and like the Black Hood is amazing. I mean, if you sure. automatically are dodging attacks great prize but there's you know it's not i'm done with the game 
Unless, <laughs> now, if the multiplayer thing comes out, like the rumor is for, like the multiplayer, oh, there's right. a multiplayer aspect and it uses your gear from the game and you need the black hood, you damn right, I'll I'll, I'll finish it. But there there's no there's no reason for me to do it whatsoever. It's not fun. Anybody who says it's fun is a liar and a glutton for punishment. <laughs> But uh, and, uh, fun, strangely enough, I uh, also started Mirror's Edge Catalyst because it's a short game. Yeah. Uh, and friend it's Ben in Tasmania list. mentioned that he, he bought it on the same sale I bought it for off PlayStation. Of course, it was only like 7 bucks for us, Ben. I think you said it was like 20 or something oh, for you. I would have bought it for that. When was that sale? Uh, it was like one of the Christmas ones. Like new, like, uh, Damn. Things. It was Missed 7 out. bucks. Uh, it's just like the first one. I like the I first mean, one. <laughs> I mean, which, uh, if you like the first one, it's more of the same. They said it's open world. Oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so if you like the first one, you'll like it. I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it's on, there's only 15 chapters, and I'm on chapter eight, and that's only after maybe two days of casually playing. Yeah, only doing story missions though. Again, because Horizon Zero Dawn comes out next yep. week, and that's what I'm gonna be playing. Hoping I'll be done with this uh, board game I'm working on. To <laughs> go play that one. And games are stacked for the next and games and movies as well. Because uh, next week you got Horizon Zero Dawn, Logan mm-hmm. comes out. Week after that you got Kong. Yeah, uh, and then next month you got Ghost Recon, Mass Effect Andromeda, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Near Automata, which I'm getting because the demo blew me away. Uh, and you can also look up girl skirts, which is apparently you actually get an achievement for, because it was a big deal in the demo how you can turn the camera. People said, "No, you can see your butthole," <laughs> which I didn't know that. But then like it was a whole big deal on the you know the internet is it takes something and runs with it. But uh, huh. yeah, like the next month for movies and games is stacked. It's like summer wow. practically with releases. So looking forward to that. Bottom line, play Final Fantasy XV if you haven't. And if you like the original Mirror's Edge, play Catalyst. Uh, it's more the same. And fun. It's, you know, it's got that same like vertigo aspect and everything. And it just for, for what that game is, they handled it, as, I think, as best as a game like that could be handled in mm. terms of you know, free running and all that kind of stuff. So, but anyway, going so, back to the close of the podcast, since we had to go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, uh, all that email stuff, all that same stuff I already said. And guess what, everybody? Next week, or should I say next month, is going to be a damn good month on 80s Revisited. It's Van Dam month. So get ready damn. for No Retreat, No Surrender, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, Cyborg. Four of maybe Van Dam's best. We'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about everything having to do with Van Dam, including the split count for each film. Hmm. <laughs> heavily researched I watched that man's crotch for four films for documenting <laughs> every split that he did That's so funny. we'll have a report and we'll actually let you know which one he had the most in so next week we'll be back with No Retreat well, actually I don't know which one we'll do first because uh, No Retreat No Surrender has been Wyatt's favorite film as a kid <laughs> so I might try to get work out to where we can get him in on that one before we record so We'll work on that on the behind-the-scenes stuff. That's not nothing you guys need to worry about. So, yeah. But until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. Give us a review and all that fun stuff. Let us know what you think, how we're doing. We appreciate it. But until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jazzy Sedgley. Cowabunga! How's the ribs? This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.